What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph, and welcome to episode number 144. Today, we're going to be diving into Boston Celtics versus the Miami Heat. That's literally all we're going to be talking about today is game six between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. Very, very exciting. The Celtics have finally have a lead in a series ever since for the first time since they were up three nothing on the Brooklyn Nets. So they've been down, they've been even, and they've won series since then, but they currently go into their first game, game six of the Eastern Conference Finals, with their first series lead all the way since the first round. Very exciting times. A lot of people are very excited for this game tonight, and they should be. The Celtics are one win away from reaching their first NBA finals since two 2010. It's been 12 years since the Celtics have made it to the NBA Finals where they lost to the Los Angeles Lakers in seven games that year. However, we're not here to look upon the past. We are here to look ahead at the future and I guess the current moment for the most part. But you know what I'm trying to say. Um, Before we do dive into today's episode, there is a little bit of housekeeping I want to address. Nothing crazy. I do want to say thank you guys for the awesome suggestion to have Murph's Boston Sports Talk once a week on Fridays. It was something I was a little nervous about. I didn't know how it was going to go. But trust me, it has panned out extremely well. It is being uh, reviewed very nicely by customers that come into the shop. People hit me up through social media. And just a lot of people that listen to the podcast have really enjoyed the one episode per week to really just dive in and kind of have a sharp focal point on the topics at hand for that episode. So I've been doing this for, this is my third week now. So I've had two complete episodes already that I've released on Friday, just one week, uh, one episode per week, and it has gone very well. And again, this was a suggestion made by you guys, so I greatly appreciate the very successful suggestion. Number two, wow, I mean, I know this isn't a Star Wars podcast, but can I just like, Halt back real quick and just have a quick nerd moment, please. And I watched the Obi-Wan Kenobi first two episodes today on Disney Plus at 5 in the morning. Yeah, at 5 in the morning I woke up because I woke up at 2, 
Woke up at 3, 3.30, 4, 4.30, 4.45. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't go back to sleep. I'm like a kid waiting for Santa to come to drop off presents. And let me tell you, the show was absolutely fantastic. I'm not going to dive deep into it or anything because obviously this isn't a Star Wars podcast. Most of us are probably fans here. But hey, what's wrong with hobbies and interest kind of coexisting together and crossing paths? But I will definitely say, definitely watch it if you do have the time. It is on Disney Plus, and it's a fantastic show. I was a total nerd this morning at 5 in the morning, and I've been up ever since. So I got a lot of energy. I got no energy at the same time. We'll see how I feel. Uh, let's see how I feel, I don't know, in a, in a couple hours. But anyways, we're here for the Boston Celtics, aren't we? And since... Last episode, episode number 143, let's see, we've had, um, I'm trying to see when was the last game. So game two, we last talked about game two of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Celtics and the Heat, and that is when the series was tied one to one after the Heat took game one and the Celtics took game two. And since then, the Celtics have won two of the last three games including a difficult, difficult Game 3 loss. However, the Celtics have since won back-to-back games. What can we look for ahead in the Celtics Game 6? Now, I've heard a lot of people saying that, you know, it's over. Let's look ahead to the Warriors. Or I guess before the Warriors, it was, let's look ahead to the Warriors versus the Mavs, whoever comes out there. And everyone's entitled to their own opinion, of course. However... You guys know me. I'm not a big fan of jumping ahead or putting the cart in front of the wagon, as a lot of people like to say. You guys know me. I like to be in the moment here. I like to just focus on the game in front of us, the game at hand. And obviously, tonight, that is game six between the Heat and the Celtics. Tip off around 840-845. Because I don't want to get ahead of myself. Just like with the Brooklyn series or the Milwaukee series and now with the Miami Heat series. Looking ahead is only going to serve you no good because you don't want to take your opponent, your current opponent for granted. Yes, the Miami Heat do have some struggling issues. Yes, the Miami Heat may not be as good as a team as you are, whether it's on paper or what we've seen through five games so far. Or you could even say that the Miami Heat aren't even as good as you because they're currently down three games to two in a best of seven series. All those opinions are factual correct, factually correct. However, the Miami Heat have proven to win at home, and they've proven to win at the Garden. So with Game 6 being in Boston, it's not an easy, it's not going to be an easy win, okay? I, I don't think the Miami Heat will fold. I don't think they're going to cave in because they're down 3-2 facing elimination. Uh, could they? Of course, they absolutely could. Depends on how healthy or unhealthy they are. They could absolutely just cave in. Jimmy Butler is dealing with a, a knee issue. Uh, Tyler Hero is dealing with a groin. P.J. Tucker with a leg. Kyle Lowry with something. I don't know. The Heat are definitely dinged up. That is for sure. And you have to take that into a consideration. However, the Celtics are too to a degree. Rob Williams obviously in and out of the lineup. Marcus Smart dealing with an ankle injury. Tatum, you can visual, visual, visually Jesus, visually see that he's dealing with a shoulder injury still. Hopefully, he's been able to have a little bit of uh, work done on that shoulder to kind of help, you know, work the muscles, work the tendons, you know, whatever may be bothering him. 
So it definitely goes, injuries definitely go both ways. That is for sure. However, it helps that the Celtics are much deeper than the Miami Heat. And I think that has been evident in games four. That was evident in game five. I mean, when you're able to have Peyton Pritchard, Derek White come off the bench and to, you know, really be spark plugs for this team. And I know he hasn't had a lot of playing time, but, you know, Daniel Tice and someone who has and Grant Williams come um, come off the bench to really give you a spark, whether it's defensively, offensively by shooting. That significantly helps. And that that goes a long way. That really does, especially when you're the home team. Now, Grant, game five wasn't in Boston, but it was in Miami, and the bench was able to play a relatively strong game. Um, just to go over some statistics real quick, um, Derek White had 14 points. Uh, Grant Williams had five on six rebounds. So I've, I've sat here and mentioned that the home team's bench does significantly, significantly better than the away team does because that home crowd is there to help rile you up give you momentum give you some energy especially when you know say you know the sixth man or the seventh man makes a shot the crowd's gonna go crazy that guy's gonna start to feel good feel a little juice feel like the you know the net is a open ocean right whereas you're on the road you don't have that kind of support you don't have that kind of energy that momentum builder that sixth man the crowd behind you and for Miami, who was home for Game 5, they got 11 points from Duncan Robinson, 15 points from Gabe Vincent. Caleb Martin provided a little spark off the bench, then he kind of fizzled out a little bit. And Victor Oladipo, who had a great Game 4, struggled in Game 5, only recording 3 points. So, Miami, Game 5, did not serve the bench, uh, the rotation or the depth for the Miami Heat all too well. However, with Game 6 in Boston, I do, let's look at game four. Let's look at the heat statistics for game four. And the starters did absolutely nothing, as we know. The bench is what carried the heat. 23 for Oladipo, 12 for Martin, and 14 for Duncan Robinson. But they just came to a point where they were the ones that were getting all the minutes. Kyle Lowry, you know, was starting to sit out. Tucker was starting to sit out. Struess was starting to sit out. Because, A, the heat were down by 30 points at one point, And the bench guys were doing better. So let me look at the Celtics bench here in Game 4, where we have 13 points from Derek White, 14 points from Peyton Pritchard, 7 points from Grant Williams. My philosophy in these two examples have been inconsistent. Yes, I'll admit that. But the law of averages state that the road team's bench does significantly worse than the home team's bench in just basketball games in general, whether it's the playoffs or not. It doesn't matter if it's the playoffs or not. It's just a, a statistic. Teams fight over the course of the regular season for home court advantage during the playoffs. And more often than not, I've said this before, the home team ends up winning that game. And I will be honest, that theory has flown out the window for the Celtics this year. Uh, they were able to sweep the nets. doesn't matter, home or away. They were going back and forth between the Bucks. They're going back and forth between the Heat. So has home court advantage slipped a little bit in importancy? I'm going to say no because at the end of the day, having home court advantage for that Game 7 against the Milwaukee Bucks, I do believe was immensely crucial. And I really do believe that it helped guide you to such an astounding win. You know, if that game was in Milwaukee, I'm not going to say you can't win that game. 
However, just being able to rely on your bench for all the support that they got and you know really be able to shut down the Bucks bench, the Bucks rotation in depth, because you had home court, you had the crowd cheering for you and not for them. That's why if you can treat this game six as a game seven and look at it as do or die so you don't have to go to Miami, so you don't have to face that heat crowd, I think it'll serve you all the better. It'll serve you with so much more importance than having to go down there. Can you win down in Miami? Yes. But why make the trip down there if you don't have to? The NBA Finals is going to be starting on Thursday, June 2nd. No matter what, no matter if the Western Conference was a four-game sweep, no matter if the Eastern Conference was a four-game sweep, and these series were done last week. The NBA Finals is starting on June 2nd regardless. And if you were to finish the heat off today, you'll have one, two, three, four, five, five and a half days off. You'll have five full days off. If this series goes seven, game, seven games, you'll only have three days off. Now, those two days could be absolutely crucial. One, the, uh, the Golden State Warriors are resting right now. And two, you could use some of your players could use some rest. Obviously, Jalen Brown, his shoulder, Marcus Smart in his ankle, Rob Williams in his knee, Al Horford because of age. I mean, he's playing like he's 25 years old as a 35-year-old. So what he's doing alone is absolutely crazy. I really do think that this game needs to be looked at as a do or die. You have home court. The Eastern Conference trophy is in the building. The Larry Bird Eastern Conference uh, MVP is in the building. Take care of business at home. Take care of business in front of your fans. They deserve it. A lot. I will admit, a lot of fans have been kind of in and out on the Celtics, myself included. However... I've I've explicitly stated my reasons in video in videos and episodes in conversation here at the shop in the past. I've I've done it all. However, we've gone to the point where it's time to buy in. And, and if you haven't bought in, then what have you been waiting for? The Celtics have shown a lot over the course of this playoff run. They swept one of the NBA final favorites. They took care of the former NBA champions from last year in seven games, winning outstandingly in game seven. Now they're in a rematch uh, from a couple years ago with a team that is only two years removed from an NBA Finals appearance and the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. They're one win away from conquering all of those hurdles to have a date with the Golden State Warriors in San Francisco, right? Is that is that where the NBA Finals will start? Um, um, NBA standings. I believe the 51 games to the Warriors. 53. Oh, yeah. So it will be in Golden State. It will be in San Francisco to start games one and game two. So you've conquered a lot. You know, they started the season off abysmally. I will be the first to say that. And the season looked like it was going to go nowhere when you were entering the year with such high expectations. However, now, after going on a massive tear since January 1st, since the All-Star break, since the trade deadline, since the end of the regular season, you've took down two good teams so far. You're attempting to take down a third good team. And you've played your asses off. 
blood, sweat, tears, injuries, pain, emotions, tension, drama, everything you could ask for over the course of the Celtics playoff run, you've gotten. You've gotten great blowout wins. You've gotten blowout losses. You've also gotten pain and just like WTFs, you know, from from the Celtics. Like, how are you losing that game? And I'm trying to look back. I don't want to say it was a blowout loss, but it was looking like a blowout, you know, game three when you're down by 30 at one point. But you did, did make a comeback, though. I, I will give credit where credit's due. So the Celtics have proven a lot, and they definitely deserve our respect for this year. And I'm not trying to make this a, you know, a season exit video, obvious, or episode, I should say. Obviously not. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. But regardless of what happens tonight in Game 6, regardless of what may happen in a potential Game 7, it's, it's very humbling to be a Celtics fan, to be in this, posi- this position in almost every year. I mean, the, T- Jason Tatum has been to the Eastern Conference Finals four out of his first five years. Jalen Brown, four out of his first six years. So it makes a lot of sense, you know, that these kids are good and what the Celtics have is building up to be something big. And to, be, and to be incredible for years to come. Now, obviously, you haven't been to the NBA Finals, but you have been to the Eastern Conference Finals. Does that mean a lot in the grand scheme of things? Well, not in you know the city of Boston and the New England area where championships are everything. And if it's not a championship, it's nothing. But from your typical NBA fan or your typical NBA market, you know, for the last six years, being in the Eastern Conference Finals or for the last five, it's quite impressive is quite, quite impressive. But Celtics need to finish the job today. They absolutely have to. You don't want to go to Miami. There's no need to go to Miami. There's absolutely no need to take that trip down there. It's not like Game 7 would be in Boston. It's not like, you know, Game 7, it's not like you're down 3-2 to two and you got to win and you're going to go home. It's like, oh, well, while we're going home, let's bring a Game 7 with us, right? Kind of like the, you know, Milwaukee Bucks series where you're down 3-2, to two. And you're in Milwaukee for Game Six, and it's like you know what? We gotta go back to Boston anyways. Let's bring a Game Seven with us, and anything can happen in Game Seven. And that's the exact reason why I don't want this series to go seven games. Anything can happen. Again, the Miami Heat will have home court advantage. They're probably gonna have all their players ready to rock and roll that game with the uh, day or two of rest. And anything can happen in Game Seven. Anything. Celtics blew out the defending champions, 109-81. I mean, it can go in any direction. Take care of business. The Miami Heat will be desperate. They will be throwing punches, whether it's inside the paint, knocking down shots, knocking down threes, playing vicious defense, playing aggressive physical defense. They're going to be giving you everything they have. You have to take the punches. I understand the game flow in the NBA 
is back and forth. A team will go on a 10-0 run. A team will go on a 15-2 run. A team will go on a 7-0 run. A team will go on an 11-3 run. It just happens. Happens. The flow of the game, the swing of the game, it just happens. That's why the importance of this game six, being at home, being up 3-2, a lot of things are in your favor right now. Yes, you're dinged up, but predominantly you're the more healthier team in this situation. And going into the series, a lot of people picked the Celtics to win this series. Anyways, health aside, I mean, a lot of people didn't pick the Celtics to beat the Nets. I'd say it was 50-50, maybe Celtics-Bucks maybe. But a lot of people picking the Celtics to beat the Heat in advance. And honestly, if the Celtics aren't able to get the job done in Game 6 or Game 7, shame on you. I don't want to say it's a failure, and it kind of it would kind of be a failure. If I'm going to be honest, it kind of would be a failure, especially with everything you've gone through. Sweeping the nets, you know, being a menace to Kyrie, taking the defending champions to seven games and beating them in seven games, especially in game six in Milwaukee when they were up three to two. You're going back and forth. You are clearly the better team in comparison to the Miami Heat. You can't lose this one. You absolutely cannot lose this game. You cannot lose this series. So, what am I going to look for in tonight's game between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics? Again, game six tips off around 8.40, Which, oh, by the way, let me, let me say this real quick. The fact that an East Coast game, both teams are on the East Coast, Miami, Boston, both in the Eastern time zone, is tipping off at 8.45. Like, come on. Like, okay. It doesn't matter which team advances, right? Whichever team advances to play the Golden State Warriors, those games that are out in California, that makes sense because there's a three-hour difference. So 8.45 here in the East Coast is 5.45 there. Okay, that makes sense, right? Time zone, get it, get it. But there's no time zones to hurdle here on the East Coast, with Miami and Boston being in the Eastern time zone. If one team, let's say Miami, was in the Central time zone, right? You know, having a 8.45 tip-off in Boston would make sense because that would be 7.45 in the, you know, hypothetical Miami Central time zone, right? That would make sense. Again, when the war- if whoever the Warriors play from the Eastern Conference, it will make sense because they're three hours behind. But whereas the Celtics and the Heat are both in the Eastern Conference, uh, I'm sorry, Eastern Time Zone, I mean, I guess they're in the Eastern Conference, that's not a lie, makes no sense. And I understand the NBA wants their games on primetime. They want their games to be on late when you're watching at like 10.30 right before you go to bed. You want a little, you know, something on the edge of your seat before you go to bed. I get that. But, oh, it is infuriating because the games don't end until like 11, 11.30, and I'm like ready for bed. And it's just like I got to get up in the morning. It's like both both teams are on the East Coast started at 8 o'clock. I think that's a reasonable, respectable time. 8 p.m. tip-off. Because the people, the folks on the West Coast, that's 5 o'clock. They're getting out of work. They can listen to it on the radio. and They could tune in when they get home. Plus, how many people on the West Coast are watching this game? I mean, probably a lot. I mean, pff, I guess I would be lying if I said that not many people. Um, I guess by 8.45 tip-off, game gets a little juicy at 6, uh, at, at 9, but that would be 6 on the West Coast. It's just like, 
Oh my god. Oh my god. I guess you'd be better off being in like the central or the the mountain time zone, I guess, right? But that is one quiver I have with the Celtics Heat series being on at 8:30 and I think even the the Milwaukee Bucks series was on at 8:30, but at least Milwaukee is a central time zone team. So Nine o'clock here is eight o'clock there. It makes a little bit of you know a sense that way. But Celtics Heat not tipping off till nearly nine o'clock is barbaric. Anyways, three things that I'm looking for between the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat in Game Six tonight. Again, tip off around nine forty-five. Whatever. One Celtics. Huh, let's see. This is tough. This is tough. Cause I don't want to be generic. I don't want to be like, oh, play good defense. Oh, shoot the ball well. Hmm. Number one. Brace for any and all Miami Heat punches, right? Say the Heat start off 10-0 to start the game. That's an initial punch. Call a timeout. Figure things out on the bench. Handle the punches. Because like I said earlier, you're going to get punches. You're going to get good stretches from the Miami Heat throughout the course of this game. How do you handle them? How do you counteract them? How do you respond to them? Because if you let the Heat go on three consecutive 10-0 runs, now you're down 30. But if they go on a 10-0 run, call timeout and stop it and go on a 10-0 run yourself, now it's an even ball game. So handle, react, and counter any and all Miami Heat runs. Because if you can do that and you can control the pace of the game that way, Whatever runs that the Celtics are able to go on, whatever 10-0 runs or 15-3 runs the Celtics can go on, will help grow their lead and help them eventually coast to a victory, hopefully, here in Game 1. Number 2. Number 2. Number 2. Um, hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of tough. I mean... I, okay, side note. I want Jalen Ball to hand, uh, Jalen Brown to handle the ball much better. Every time he drives, I feel like it's always getting stripped, whether it's by Oladipo, whether it's by Lowry. The ball is just always getting stripped whenever he drives into the paint or just dribbles. So that's not one thing you know I'm looking for, but just take care of the damn ball, please. Uh, you know what? Number two, yeah, turnovers. Control and cease all turnovers because we saw in game three how crucial the turnover battle was and how emphatically they lost that turnover battle. 24 turnovers, 33 points off of turnovers. It's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And they controlled it very well in game four. In game five, they have like 11, 12 turnovers or whatever. Not nearly as many points off of turnovers. But still, something to take note of. And just, you know, keep the turnovers under like five, six, seven, honestly. I understand turnovers happen in the course of a game. Miami Heat, they're good on defense. They're tenacious. They're physical. They're aggressive. They're ball hawks. I get that. I do. But take care of the ball. If you take care of the ball, then they're not going to get extra possessions. You're not going to lose possessions. They're not going to get points off of your turnovers. And you'll get points off of your own possessions. The math seems to check out to me. So number two is take care of the ball and don't turn over the ball and if you're able to not turn the ball over i think you're going to be in pretty good shape i really do the third and final point that i'm looking for today 
here in game six or tonight i should say Ooh, this is a thinker too third one hmm hmm i don't know i mean you guys have anything that you're looking for i i can't really think of a third third you know point to make here i mean if you guys have anything that you're specifically looking for between the celtics heat series let me know by reaching out to me via social media at Murph's Card Town, or if you listen to this video on YouTube, leave it down in the comment section below. I'd love to hear about it. I'd love to read and respond. Because, again, I'm not trying to be basic. I don't want to be like, all right, um, Jason Tatum, I want him to score 40. Um, hmm. You know, I think controlling the ball, not turning it over, I think that was a good point. Um, bracing and countering. The punches by Miami. I think that was a good one. Um, how about, oh, here we go. Here's a good one. This is one I was really complaining about in Game 5. And even Game 4, for that matter. Or maybe the whole series. I don't know. Is to have good offensive possessions. There's been countless times I've seen the Celtics shoot up a three, contested maybe a little bit, with like 13 seconds left on the shot clock. Run the offense. Pass the ball. Make the extra pass drive to the hole, pass out, dribble, just run the offense. Don't settle. Whatever you do, do not settle in this game. Now, obviously, if you get down big or you get down early, actually, no, if you get down early, you can still run the offense. But if you get down big or you're down late in the game, things will change, yes. But throughout the course of, you know, first half at least, maybe most of the third quarter, or even the whole game, depending on the state of the game at the time, Run your offense. Don't chuck up threes just to shoot them. Look for good shots. Look for the best shot. Look for an open shot. Look for the extra pass. Really run the offense and run it effectively. There's been some times where Tatum has taken some dumb contested threes. Derek White, <clears throat> excuse me, I had a pause to get a sip of water because I felt like I was going to have like a cough attack and I'm not trying to like, blah, blah. <laughs> on the mic <clears throat> while you guys are listening. But there's been countless times Celtics players have taken, you know, some dumb shots or early shots in the shot clock. Run the offense. Trust the offense. Things will be okay. Things will be okay if you do that. I mean, again, the state of the game, the flow of the game will dictate and determine what is kind of happening. But overall, I trust the Celtics to run a good offense, to take some good shots, and I think from there, they'll be okay. But again, I'm not the one on the court, I'm not the coach, and I'm not the player. So that's going to be the three keys that I'm looking for in this game. Um, can, uh, be able to take and counter Miami punches, focus on the turnovers and not you know turning the ball over, giving the Heat extra possessions and extra points. And then number three is run the offense, look for good shots, don't shoot too early in the shot clock but those are the three keys that i'm looking for i definitely want to know what you guys are looking for again reach out to me via social media at murph's card town i would love to hear what you have to say or if you're watching this episode here on youtube please leave your thoughts questions comments concerns anything you may have down in the comment section below and while you're down there could you please like the video and also subscribe to the channel if you're new or have not considered subscribing but that's going to do it for episode number 144 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. A shorter episode today, but I just really wanted to dive in and talk Celtics basketball. Nothing but the Boston Celtics basketball. And of course, 
The Red Sox have been on a massive tear. I will absolutely love to talk about them next week for episode number 145. Hopefully, I'll be here talking Celtics Warriors and their game one, hopefully, or I'll be here talking about a depressive collapse from the Celtics. Hopefully, it is the former and not the latter. However, I will talk about the Red Sox next week, I promise. But in the meantime, that is going to wrap it up for today's episode. Thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying on all audio-only platforms such as Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Google, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast, you can find Merv's Boston Sports Talk. And again, thank you guys if you're watching this video on YouTube. Thank you so much for clicking on the video, liking, commenting, and subscribing to the channel to show your love and support for the channel. But again, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. I will see you guys in the next one, but between now and then, you guys know that I love you, and I will always, always see you.